0: This is Event Masters. Behind the scenes stories, experiences, and lessons shared by the world's leading event experts. Hosted by Christian Napier.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Event Masters. I'm Christian Napier and delighted to be joined today by Michelle Niley, uh, who is joining us from where, Michelle? Where are you joining us from?
2: Wow, I'm joining you from Brazil, from Rio de Janeiro. I'm here.
1: Oh, fantastic. I love Rio. It's one of my favorite cities in the world. And we connected because of uh, a mutual friend Baca. Yeah. So I did the I did the podcast episode of uh Kicaro uh, Baca as he is known by all of his friends. And You saw that episode posted on LinkedIn, and that allowed us to connect. And and before we start down story lane here, I I want to just let everybody know who we're speaking with today. So, Michelle, you are, listeners, Michelle is a major international sport event and business executive, consultant, and speaker, more than 37 years managing major sport events on both national and international levels. Uh, That includes six different FIFA World Cups, four different Olympic and Paralympic Games, uh, the Rio 2000 Pan-American Games, which is where I started working in Brazil, uh, Formula One GP, and a ton of other events. You were the venue general manager of the IBC and the MPC. That's the International Broadcast Center and the main press center of the Rio uh, 2016 Olympic and Paralympic Games, and the broadcast general manager of the 2014 FIFA World Cup, which was held in Brazil. You've got experience going all the way back, a lot of experience in television with TV Global, and fluent in, let's see, one, two, three, four languages, and advanced Italian as well. Uh, and I could, I, mean, I could spend an hour just going through the CV and reading all this here, but I'm sure we don't want to do that. So it's an absolute honor for me, Michelle, to have you join us today. Thank you so much for coming on our podcast.
2: Thank you to invited me because it's my pleasure to talk with professionals like you. It's my pleasure, really, because this industry, it's a little bit new. Of course, it's not new who was born uh, on the last century, but uh, at the same time it's new because uh, television is a new business and uh, events began more or less with television. And this is something that we need to understand. It's a new business. It's a new uh, category of work, of job. It's why I'm telling that it's a new business and I have for sure almost 40, I can tell now, years experience in this business. It's interesting for sure.
1: (laughs) Well, you're absolutely right. And speaking of television, is that how you got your start? Why don't you tell us how you got involved in this, in this industry? Because as I look at your background and look at the information that you provided me in your bio, um, mm-hmm. there's a lot of television work in there. And so is that how you got started in this uh, line of work? Uh,
2: more or less. It's a little bit more complicated. I am a refugee. I was born in Egypt, in Cairo. I needed uh, to leave the country with my mom uh, as I was a little girl. Uh, running out of a war, as many people at my time there at this uh, side of the, the the country, if you want, and uh, we came to Brazil. And when we came to Brazil, we we have a little bit family, but not exactly big family. We, the sister of my grandmother was here. And uh, we decided to come here because, uh, for sure, my mother needed uh, to left my father in France. She decided to come with her kids and her father and mother far away of the situation. And we went to Brazil. And when we we moved to Brazil, we came to Brazil, we... Uh, began to live in a street near TV Tupi, the first big television in the country. It was the name TV Tupi. And uh, I was a little girl, three years old, and uh, I began to speak Portuguese, but with a French accent, because French is my Mother language is my first language. And my neighborhood was the artist who used to work in the television at the time. And they were so interesting by the way I talk, they began to bring me then to work. I was four years old and began to act as an artist. Not exactly artist, but yes, as an artist in television, I was so small, so young, working television, and uh, I could saw. So I can tell you, I uh, have the experience of all the different phase of the television, the technology, the way that we needed to do it was at the time everything live. And I was at home, in fact, you know, inside the studio, inside the places with the people working there. I was at home. It was natural for me to begin to work as an actress in theater, in television, in movies, uh, singing. I was an artist, you know. This was natural for me. And suddenly, uh, I was in a, a first in TV2P and then I came to TV Global in Rio, working as an artist, doing uh, theater, doing movies, doing television, a lot of television, novellas, many things. Suddenly, I was uh, arrested by a director on television. The things that women use to have in their life. This is terrible. Now we can talk about. At the time we could not. And uh, it was so bad for me for my principle, you know. For my soul. I told no, it's enough. No more. No more. I will change the situation and I will be a director here it's enough and i went to a friend of mine a director a big director and i told to him i want to be your assistant he looked at me he told me oh my god you are so cute you are a girl you have blue eyes you are blonde how you can working this kind of uh, professional and I told to him, but I'm smart and I know everything. He told, "Okay, I will think about." I left him. I came to another one, and I I I, I did the same thing. I want to be your assistant. He looked at me. He told me, "For you?" He told, me, "Yes, for you." Okay, I will talk with the other directors. He went there, and he came back and told me, "Okay." You begin on Monday, and for a time. And we will see if it works. One month later, I was directing and producing and doing many different kinds of job because I was at home. It was so easy to me to work in uh, uh, something that I was inside since I was a little girl. And I began working in the Formula One, the uh, Brazilian uh, Formula One Grand Prix here in Rio de Janeiro. I remember I walk every single piece of the, the circuit to understand the place for the cameras, uh, to understand everything. It was the first Formula One when Ayrton Senna began. We both, 84, began in the same day in Formula One. Me and him. <laughs> it's a... Uh, we were together for the 70 years he was uh, working on. Okay. In In fact, no... He worked, uh, yes, no, 10 years, uh, ten, 10 years. Because after his pass away, i still working for 7 years, 10 years. He he died in 94. Uh, uh, but until then, we were together. And uh, I work in the first Hocking Rio. You re- I don't know if you know, but the first hawking Rio was... In the uh, Baja, where it was held the Olympic, you know, all this area was completely desert at the time, and I was in charge of the international side of the event. I was a girl, but I was there working on. It. and uh, I was in charge of the life area. Of the event. I, I, I began working a little bit 14 hours in each day. It was 10 days, 14, 16 hours each day. It was an amazing experience, the Hockey Hill, the first one. It was 10 days, all the 10 days. And uh, then I began to work with the journalists and the sport, because I was the person who knows the way to work in events, you know. And in fact, I think that I can tell you, I am a problem solver. That's it. Not more than this. I'm a problem solver. If it has a situation, I will find a solution for that. That's it. Nothing more than this. And it was like that I began to work in Global, doing many big events. Uh, The first uh, carnaval in the new Marquês de Sapucaí, the new Avenida. Uh, They asked me in Global to go there and to put all the things together. We were talking about, you know, a big place where we needed to find camera positions in different ways, and I'm happy to tell you that some cameras positions are in the same place I put on with the head of technical engineer in Global. We both, together, we find the solution for the most important camera that still you have, that is the big one that you have the whole avenue plan. This, I needed to go out in a, a favela, passing in many, many different kind of places, <laughs> to find in very complicated situations. But we find a position and we solve this plan, camera plan, you know. And uh, I, I did my first World Cup in 86 in Mexico. I was in charge of uh, uh, the Brazil headquarters in Guadalajara, and uh, I was in charge of everything within the cup quarter, in the Brazil headquarters for Global, you know, uh, to, to put on place every single things of the Brazil team. And uh, it was amazing, it was an experience Incredible experience. I was a total 90 days, you know, making everything. And that's it. This is was my beginning.
1: <laughs> uh, it's fascinating. I could just listen to you talk for hours about all of these stories. And I'm sure you've got, you know, a ton of stories to share. And it's a shame that we only have about an hour to do this. You know, But uh, uh, you mentioned... Uh, Something that's so important, I think, for people, if they are going to be successful in this business, is you have to be
0: a problem solver. And so I am curious, you, you mentioned a few things that you figured out already, like camera positions on certain events. Why don't you walk us through uh, some of these problems or challenges that you faced in some of these events and the, 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 the solutions that you came up with to solve some of these problems?
2: uh what can i tell you as a refugee i need to tell you something different just a little bit as a refugee i was uh, i remember that i was four years old when my grandmother told me uh, me and my brother he was five years old and i was four you both cannot take and Bring any kind of problem or trouble to your mother because she has so many, many many troubles, so many many, many problems because she need, we were in a different country we needed she needed to work she she used to work in three different kinds of jobs. you know it was something uh, be a refugee it's not easy, and we needed to do our part of the deal. And my grandmother told us that solve your problem, find solutions, don't take this f- for your mother. It was so amazing because for me, it it was a decision that okay, for sure it's okay. It's not a problem. I need just to take the good decisions. That's it. I think that my grandmother gave me uh, an amazing ability, you know, to look at a situation, any kind of situation. I I had many different kind of situations as a woman, as a single woman, as a young woman, many different kind of situations, but all the time. I needed just to face the situation and to find a way to solve this situation, and I find it. It was possible. It was not, you know, uh, nothing complicated for me. Nothing, nothing, because you need to find solution, and your. Uh, 360 way to look at a problem i think that this first of all i like people i love people this is something that i i i i like to be with people i like to exchange and uh, uh, to be friend and uh, to create a good atmosphere and i think Uh, First of all, I'm never, never, never stressed. Never, never. Because I'm not like that. I know that I need to find solutions and finding solutions never is stressed. You cannot be stressed, people. And uh, I think that when you work in something that you like, you love, you are at home, you have friends, you look at the situation, and you know that you will find a way. You, not just only you, but with the people, and together you make the things happen. I think that it was like that.
1: <laughs> All right, well, let me uh, let me follow up on that, because when we talked with uh, your friend Baca, yeah. Uh, one thing that he mentioned in his conversation with me was that in South America, because of limited financial uh, bandwidth, uh, people had to be creative. You know, had to find That's creative it. solutions. And and so, you know, for example, a city like Rio, it's a very large city. It's very geographically dispersed and you know to hold a major event like uh, an olympic games there or a or or a pan american games there can be a challenge a because of limited budgets and then also because of the natural situation of the city the geography and so on and so forth so you know in your situation at the same time while i'm saying that broadcasters were like oh this place is amazing because look at the shots and the beauty shots of rio uh, are some of the most unique and uh, and iconic in in all the world. So I'm curious, you know, how you were able to find creative solutions to problems. You know, do you have experiences going back to World Cup or the Formula 1 or Carnival or you know the the Olympic Games where you were presented with a problem and you had to find a creative solution for it?
2: Yeah. I can tell you one related to Carnaval first, and then I tell you another related to World Cup. Carnaval. The first uh, time we needed to have the camera, uh, the big camera that you have the big plan of the avenue, it was in uh, in uh, the hoof of a house, a, power, a, a poor house in favela. It was a community, it was a favela. I asked the company, electrical company, to put for me a special line of energy to guarantee that I have all the power needed for the camera, for the things that I need, the light, the things that I need on place. And uh, the day where we, we start, this operation i received a call at six o'clock in the afternoon i received a call of the security man who was there with the cameraman michelle please come really quickly because we are having a big big big, big trouble okay i picked up my car i went alone and when i arrived it was on the top of the favela to have this plan top of the favela many people were you know crying telling no 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 and what is happen you will not steal our power here you are you are taking out our power i told to them no it's a special light. I put there. It's a special line, dedicated line of power to our equipment. No, you are lying. You are lying. I told no, suddenly I say, okay, I take out of my pocket because I always have everything inside a you know, of course. I take out a cheque, a, t- a, a cheque, personal one, a personal uh, cheque, bank, account. And I take one page, I sign, I take, I gave to the woman who was screaming. No, 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 okay. This is my personal cheque. You can use if you have a trouble. It's my personal check. I'm telling you, you will not have a problem. But this is my personal check. Suddenly, I saw a hand coming and taking out this check. And immediately, this check was completely put down. And he told, you are not understanding that this woman is telling the truth. She is great. She's friend of the people here. She's helping the people. She's paying to have the camera here. Please, trust this woman. Enough is enough. Okay. Suddenly, Silas, the people go out, and I ask for the security man, what happened? He told me it was the man, the head of the drugs, in the favela because you have for sure uh, someone in charge of drugs, selling marijuana, everything. He was the responsible for that. He has all the responsibility in the favela. It's like that in Brazil. You have some people like him in each place of favelas. And he decided to give me support. Why? Because he understood that I was there in a good faith. I was there working and putting money for the people of the community because it has some food, many different things. And he decided to give me uh, trust. Suddenly, You can think, you are crazy because you give your personal account check. No, I was not. I needed to find a solution immediately. It was the only thing in my head that, okay, this is a solution. And he was so, you know, like that, who is this crazy woman who is giving us, you know, something like that. Immediately, he trusts me. This is the kind of solution I needed to take, uh, you know, in my whole life. I give you another example. Uh, For the World Cup, Brazilian World Cup, uh, I was in charge, I I was the broadcast uh, general manager of uh, the the LOC, Local Organizing Committee. But I was uh, the person they needed to create facilities for HBS in each venue. And for sure, I was responsible for the IBC, the International Broadcast Center. All the facilities with the local people, with all the agencies, local agencies, the government, the mayor, everything that I needed, to be the contact, the point responsible for, you know, for the, the fibers, to have the fibers around the country. I needed to go in Brasilia to check if we have the redundancy in the, the fiber optics. We have fibers inside the Amazon River and many different kinds of things. And I had HBS. In each place, I had HBS, but my team was a small one. I have only four people working with me directly. One in IBC as manager, two coordinators for uh, the venues, and I have one assistant. But I wanted, because we are in Brazil, we are in a, uh, in a place that English is not exactly the local language. And uh, we had the HBS people with different kind of language, French, uh, English,
0: many languages,
2: Spanish. And the local people are not used to speak language. And I thought to myself, I cannot give... Security for HBS if I do not have anyone on site in each venue, in each stadium. I need to have someone for my side doing what I think that they need to do. I think uh, many different kinds. I want to have, you know, always security in the operation. I I cannot do more or less. It needs to be good. But I do not have budget and money for that. BACA, do not give me. <laughs> BACA, just tell me, okay, you have these people, that's it. Imagine why not? I, I find a solution, exchanging facilities. In which way? I used to work before the World Cup, before the the beginning of the LLC in Brazil, I was partner of Pricewaterhouse Coopers doing consultants and uh, for sure support in the country for the cities who will uh, want to be a, a candidate to be the city's uh, the good cities for, for the, the event. And I, I used to do advice. For many people, I made many worksheets about what is an international event, because the people do not have any idea about what is an international event. And for sure, if I, I, I had the experience of, at the time, Five World Cups at the time, three Olympic Games and many other things. I, I travel all my life in the world. I know everything in the world about different kind of cultures. And I can if, explain to the people the technologies, the different kind of uh, opportunities this kind of event brings uh, you can level the level of the country, of the facilities uh, in five years, the time that you needed 20 years if you do not have the events. And I decided to talk with Global to offer to them a workshop in the cities, the 12 cities, for their. A special team, uh, operation team, the team that needed to be at the stadium. What is a special event? Because Global has a special team in Rio in Sao Paulo that used to go abroad. But usually the other cities, they do not go abroad. They do not know what is an event. And they will receive the events in their cities. They needed to be prepared. And I, I talked to Baca. Baca, may I do that? I can talk to Global that I give workshop to them, and they gave me in each cities one person. I will not pay nothing, they pay, but this person will be my arm. and... For sure, he will have an MBA of events because I will give to him all the experience and facilities you can imagine. He told me, okay, if the legal uh, head in the committee tell you that it's okay, go ahead. I went to global and I talked to the head there, the head of sports. I want that. He told me, Okay, I will talk with the people, he told. he talked. and I had people. For the Confederations Cup, one of each city, and for the World Cup, one of each city. It was for nothing, we needed not to pay nothing, we just give to them uniforms, and uh, for sure, transportation and meal, but we had people. Global was happy with that because they have someone having a special experience on site of a big event. I was happy with that because they were amazing and they could speak in English with the people of HBS. HBS was happy and I found a solution without
1: any money. Oh, these stories are absolutely fascinating. You know, <laughs> when you're talking about this, uh, one thing that uh, comes to my mind is, you know, you're finding these solutions, but those solutions, in about
0: every case, they involve uh, getting other people involved to help. You know? So whether it's getting uh, the Globo to help or getting the favela to help or whoever it is, You've got to enlist other people in your cause, and so I'm curious um when when you've come up with these creative solutions problems uh did you find any resistance or hesitation on the part of some to to say yes solution implement this and 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 if so uh, how did you persuade people to go along with your plans because your plans were you know, creative and unconventional,
1: and and so you know, it requires not only for you to believe in your solution, but you've got to convince other people, yeah. that this is the this is the right solution. So, you know, walk me through your process and a couple of experiences how you you were you were able to take an idea and then convince other people that a it was the right idea and b to provide support.
2: Because when I have this idea, if you want to talk about that, in fact, the idea immediately needed to make sense, not only for me, but in the whole process, in my mind first. In my mind first. Because... For sure, I understand that the solution I am proposing is a good solution. It's not the only one, but it's a good solution. If uh, I can explain to the people exactly why it's a good solution, and the people, I think that the people trust me, you know, the people trust me because I'm not, a, what can I tell you? I'm not a star. I'm, I, I, I'm a human being like everybody, you know? I used to work in the, in the way that everybody is like me. And when I have, uh, I need it And I talk to the people about it, is They are looking at someone like them. This is the, the way I used to work, you know, is uh, friendly. It's friendly. It's uh, all the time. I, I, I trust what I'm doing and uh, uh, I made mistakes sometimes. Yes, for sure. But uh, uh, usually, no. it's so it's so uh, in a good trust, you know, in a good way for the project for the entire project. And I can tell you something very special. I used to, to have all the trust of my, my heads, of my the people who used to be uh, the head of something in global, you know. Uh, I had, I don't know if you know, uh, we have many, many, many good people, in all the positions, and I'm friend of them since now, since my beginning, and since now, when I, I, I went in Global, I have many, many friends, and I left Global only three, three years ago. But I'm still friend of the people of Global, and they know that when I, I am in, in doing something, is correct. Why? Experience, because I used to think about all the the people involved, and they know that. I used to think all the people involved. Uh, It's win-win-win-win-win situation also, and forever. I think that this is probably why they trust me. Because it's a win-win situation.
1: Did you ever have a situation where you had to make a compromise? Or or you, you said, okay, I, I I think we should do A. And the other people say, well, no, we should do B. And then you say, okay, well, if we can't do A and we can't agree on B, maybe we do C. And you come to a compromise.
2: Yeah, for sure. Any
1: experiences in that realm?
2: Yes. We had uh, this. We used to work in a pool during some years. We need to put the Brazilian television together because we do not have money always to have the big operation, you know, uh, on uh, 90, 90 in the Italian World Cup, an example. We had a plan in Brazil, the Plano Color, I don't know if you heard about when we lost. We and the companies lost all their money. We do not have any money in March 19, 17 March 19. It has an economical plan in Brazil. They take out all the money. Olderman. And we had the FIFA World Cup Italian. And I had a special operation with 600 square meters. A building was built for the Brazilian television. Each television needed to have a space, a big space. And suddenly, we do not have money to go there because we lost all the money. TV Global lost the money. Every single television. And we went to Italia, to High. hi was the, the, the host broadcast, the company, uh, host broadcasting the event. And we needed to go there and to tell to them, uh, look at this. We needed to give you back the space that we Told to you that we will use during the World Cup. And please give me back the money you can give me to have a small operation. And uh, they understood the problem for the whole television. And together, the whole television, the four, we were four at the time, Brazilian television. We need to use our imagination and to adjust the plans to work together for a World Cup. On the beginning, we will have in global 130 uh, people going there. We did the World Cup with uh, 36 people. we worked 24 hours a day. It was an amazing. I needed uh, to go to Milan to pick up the cars, uh, Renault ones, a leasing we used to do. And I came back with all the cars alone with a, a truck because I do not have people, I do not have help. And I was in charge of the whole operation for Global. And I received in my personal account high money back to pay for the people all the facilities needed and I needed to find solutions to have the people working more than they used to work. Buying food, I create a special place inside the space. We had a small space, but I create a special place full of food, a good food all the time. I uh make an agreement with the taxi uh in the home. I ask them if they have sons, sons 21, 22 years old, that they wanted to earn some money to work with us as assistant, because I do not have camera assistant, and I needed to find. Someone to help me. And I found, you know, and this together with the other television uh, doing, a, 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 I cannot tell you, we needed to adjust to get it. It was amazing. It was amazing. <laughs> and no one wow. in Brazil saw nothing different in transmission, just for <laughs> your understanding. It was perfect. <laughs> the Brazilian audience,
1: you know. Well, the analogy that's often used is like a restaurant, right? Uh, uh, you're in the restaurant at a table seated and everything seems perfect and you have no idea the chaos that's happening in the kitchen behind you, right? Uh-huh. Uh, uh, you know, one thing that I want to ask you is, so you've worked a variety of events, they've been sport events or, uh, you know, cultural events and so on and so forth. And I'm curious uh, about differences in those, you know, and even in sport, you have events like a FIFA World Cup or Formula One, which are single sport events, and then you've got an Olympic Games or a pan American games that has twenty eight sports or more in them and you know being responsible for broadcast in such a wide variety of circumstances. I wonder if you have any experiences you can share about the differences in the events uh, these different kinds of events and how you managed these uh, differences.
2: Yes, for sure, we have difference in this, so different events. But at the same time, yes, uh, for broadcast, what we need to do, we need to have uh, good technology to be uh, creative on site in events like Olympics, an example, I remember I, I I am a friend of Manolo Romero. I tell you, I am a friend because he always be my friend. We were together for many, 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 many years. And we did together. He asked me to analyze the country to understand if he could come for the Pan American Games. And uh, uh, I needed to go. Uh, in Madrid with all my impressions and the facilities, I thought that it, it could be helper for him to take the decision if he will come or not. And on the side of Manolo, I could understand the difference of these multiple events that you have. For sure, you need to be creative, more creative, when you have... Uh, Uh, to do swimming, uh, athletic, rugby, uh, uh, tennis, uh, running. It's uh, much more creativity to find different solutions to take all the facilities needed in this events to give to the height holders all the feeds that they need, because for sure, each height holder, each country has a different kind of preference. And is different. You need to have a state of art of quality for every single transmission. In the Olympics, in Pan Americas, in different kind of uh, this multiple events. But in World Cup, you need to have state of art of transmission in each stadium and for sure solutions in the IDC to give good quality and uh, material for all the height holders to be uh, happy with the quantity of uh, uh, quality uh, it's more than that it's technology if you if you, we understand that now and now we are having hubs we are creating hubs in the world cup exactly to receive the transmission there and to put together and give to the countries a different kind of a uh, uh, package a uh, sport package i think that each event has this kind of difference you know it's more or less like that, it's more or less
1: all right, well, I'm looking here, I'm gosh, we've been speaking for almost an hour. I can't believe it. The time has flown by, <laughs> uh but before we get to the end, I want to ask if you have any other stories on your list you know you if if as we were you know on whatsapp on the phones before the you know kind of going back and forth. Uh, Were there any other stories or experiences that you had that you wanted to share with our audience?
2: It has a a special story, yes. When I I left Global in 2000, uh, uh, I decided to create my own company. But I have the vision that uh, it was in the new multi platform world. Because, for sure, I was all the time in touch with technology before the technology was in the world. And I decided that in uh, 2000, 2001, when I create my company, I want to be a little bit more in the future. I went to Europe and I discovered a company. I, I, I met a company. Uh, with VOD, Video On Demand, but not VOD. All the facilities you have at home now, they had in 2001. The name was Luxat. It was a company with a set of box. Inside you have Intel, Microsoft, a hard disk with two... 100 hours of content with a software of business intelligence, with a CD player, DVD player, a console, a game console, everything, jukebox, everything inside this. And they had agreements with Hollywoods to have this VOD solution. But I decided to be represent. Represent them in Brazil and in America Latina. And I received this. I was the representative of Luxat. I was Luxat in Brazil. And I began to develop the business. At the time, it was a startup, but the people do not talk about that. We were just three people working on this project. I made many hold show. I made an agreement with the telecom company. I, I uh, We had a channel inside this company, in this telecom company. And we began to find solutions to make the uh, set of box in Brazil. I, uh, I make a, a partnership with a big, uh, if you want, uh, the biggest, the name was Gradiente. He, he used to do television. He used to do sound equipment. But he never did a uh, set of box. But I told to him, it's yours. We can work together. I bring them with me to Paris. And we began the business. And we create a partnership with NET, NET, was the company in Brazil, the cable company belonging to TV Global, at the time, the the global group. And uh, we had an agreement with them, a letter of intent, that they will receive this solution. We began five years working on that, five years. I put all my money on, all my money, all my dreams on. And suddenly, the investor of the company. It was a golf telecommunication company investor. uh, 36 million euros uh, put on the company. They decided to stop the business because uh, the business didn't begin effectively. We do not have all the facilities for distribution at the time. Netflix do not exist. They used at the time, put only DVD, you know, by mail. But our, uh, if you want, we had Blockbuster as a, something more or less like us, but not like us. And I lost everything. I lost everything. Single money, I was empty. Uh, I needed to begin everything again. This is life, you know. This is life. I was visionary, yes. I I bring I bring the the digital television in Brazil. Yes. No one's know about. No. I do not have nothing. No. But I was happy doing that. It was a dream that I built in five years. But, you know, and then Manolo called me and asked me to work for him. And just saved me again to be in the Pan American game and then uh, the World Cup and then the Hill 2016. And This is life. This is our life.
1: It is our life and you are to be commended for putting everything on the line. Uh, I'm curious now, the the industry, as you mentioned, it's still new, but it is growing and it's evolving quickly. And and there are all kinds of opportunities and people uh, that are a bit younger than us who might be interested in getting involved in this business in whatever capacity. I'm curious what advice you would give to those who might be considering potentially pursuing a career in events?
2: Oh, they need to be creative, for sure. They need to have passion, because if you do not have passion, you cannot go anywhere in this kind of world. You need to be passionate for that. and. You need to study. I study always. I I am still studying. Always I am still building. You know, different kind of business. Looking at uh, many different kind of opportunity. Now I'm looking at creating a different. <laughs> you know, the Indians we have. Uh, Original people in, in in Brazil who lives in Amazonia, inside the, the the forest, they ask to they have a it has a, a special company in Brazil who help them to 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 grow to have access of technology. Now they have a, a special Skylink. You know, in Amazon, they are growing uh, to be in touch with uh, solutions for their lives. And they ask me to do a football championship for them. And I'm looking at the possibility to create a special football dedicated for them because I am passionate of the the possibilities the sport can bring for their life and with the technology the quantity of support they can have for their life bringing for them respecting the culture they have but for sure helping them to growing in this you know global world doing what they want. And this, I can tell you, is passion. Is At the same time, is, is <laughs> uh, the way that I understand that we can help each other, that we can do something for the humanity, that we can give a legacy for the world. This company who is helping them, it's a company who is looking at them helping the world to be better and i want to be with them helping them this is something that you know special it's passion. It's passion.
1: special wow that is fantastic that is awesome uh thank you so much for spending an hour of your day uh and sharing some of your stories and i'm sure there are many others and if uh, there are people, listeners, viewers out there that they want to connect with you, they want to learn more about the work that you've done, how you could potentially help them on whatever projects they're working on, what's the best way for them to reach out to you and connect?
2: Oh, they can uh, contact me in LinkedIn, is my name, Michelle Naily. They can contact me in the email, Gmail, is Michelle Naili, Gmail. I am uh, in all the the uh, social media with Michelle Naive. They can contact me. it might it will be a pleasure. I want uh, for sure to share and help many people I can for sure.
1: Well, fantastic. We'll make sure to get all that contact information out there. Michelle, thank you so much for the time. listeners, viewers, thank you for sharing your time with us as well please like and subscribe to our podcast and we'll catch you again soon. Thank you so much, Michelle.
2: Thank you. Thank you for inviting me.